Welcome to Catholic Money Talk, where we talk about all things money and finance, and we try to do it through a lens of being Catholic, where our ultimate goal is to one day be in heaven with the Lord. I am your host, Paul Scarfone. Thank you for being here today. So today I want to talk about generosity, and I've, I've spoken about generosity before, but in a particular way, as we get into this time of the year, uh, I don't like to call this the holiday season. I like to say Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And as Catholics, we call it Advent, right? That's the time of year. It's Advent, but the world around us, they'll call it holiday season. But I get the idea of the holiday season, and it starts with Thanksgiving. It goes through New Year's Day. Regardless of what it's called, I love this time of year. But a particular way, it's when generosity, when we can really get it to start to flourish. So I want to talk about that today. But before we do, let's say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We ask you for all the grace and wisdom that we need to face the challenges or the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We know that you love us and that you have a great plan for us. Allow us to yield to your Holy Spirit. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's first start with talking about what is generosity. If we Google it, Google tells us that being generous is showing a readiness to give more of something, like money or time, more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. Right, so it's kind of going above and beyond. Generosity, it's the opposite of selfishness. Right? Being being selfish means our priority is to focus on ourselves. When we're only worried about ourselves, we just look at our situation and we miss great opportunities. To use a, a sports analogy, quarterbacks, they can get so focused on the pass rush, right? The guys that are coming in to try to sack them. And they're worried they might get sacked and they're not going to see open receivers. And when they're too focused on the defenders that are coming for them, they're not going to see those wonderful opportunities that are in front of them down the field. They'll never throw a touchdown. My point is we need to keep our eyes outward focused and not to be so concerned with our own situation that we miss the great opportunities down the field. If we think just, and I've spoken about this on generosity before, the greatest gift we've ever received was our Heavenly Father sending His Son Jesus to come die for our sins. That's the biggest gift we could ever get. And so if our Heavenly Father gave us the biggest gift we could ever get, He's a huge giver. And we're made in His image and likeness. So what does that mean? He's created us to give to be generous like him. I love the Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, Scrooge, he's the old miser. He's the saver, right? He probably lived on a tight budget and wanted to accumulate as much money as he possibly could. He liked having the power that he thought money gave him, the security that he thought money gave them. His problem was that he was not generous. He never gave. When he finally came to the realization that he should probably start giving, the act of thinking about others and intentionally giving for the benefit of others, it brought him more joy than he had ever experienced. His life was never the same because he started to give. See, because this isn't a head thing, it's a heart thing. The act of giving changed 
his heart. And it does the same with us. Every time we give, it changes our heart. It creates, it moves us along that spectrum of selfish to selfless, right? And every time we give, we're imitating what our Heavenly Father does, right? All the things that he gives us. He's the biggest giver, the most generous person. So every time we give, that act is actually changing our heart, moving us closer to being the person that God created us to be. And I'm not a medical professional, but I've heard that being happy and joyful is better for your health than being miserable and depressed. And I'm not saying that being happy or depressed is in itself just a choice. It's not. But we can choose what we do. When we start to give, if we start to give, we'll begin to open an area of generosity in our life. If we begin to choose those actions that are generous, then joy will start to move in. It might not be as drastic as we see in right, Dickens' A Christmas Carol, but the change will start to come. Joy will begin to move into our lives, and we'll begin to see more and more areas where we actually have an opportunity to give. We'll start looking down the field. There's only three things we can do with money. We've talked about this. Save, spend, and give. And you have to do all three to have a, like a healthy financial picture. Think of like a financial balance diet. And the most fun is actually giving, but we're not going to experience that fun if we don't start to do it. When I talk to people about their financial goals, we always tend to get into the topic of giving. And up until about eight, nine years ago, my attitude towards giving was I'll start to be generous when I have more left. The problem was giving was not a priority to us. We said it was. We said it was the first thing we would do if we had more. But every year we made more and more and our level of generosity was unchanged. And then it hit me one day. The way we make generosity as a priority is we must do it first. We must give first before we do anything else. So we started to do that. We became intentional about our giving and it brought us so much joy. It became fun to find new and creative ways to give. When you take your eyes off of yourself and you start looking outwardly, you start looking down the field for those opportunities that the Lord puts in front of you, you're going to see opportunities to give. And it's contagious. It'll, it'll make you want to do it again. It's awesome. So when I talk about generosity, there's a couple things I like to think about. I mentioned our Heavenly Father giving us our biggest gift. But think of the sower and the seed from Matthew 13. Right? There's a couple different parables with sowers and seeds. But the one in Matthew 13 is when the Lord, the farmer, is out and he's throwing seeds everywhere. He's throwing them on the good soil, on the rocky ground, on the paths, in the thorns. He's just throwing it everywhere. That's how generous our Heavenly Father is, right? He's just casting his love, casting his blessings all over everyone, everywhere. Whether we're ready to receive it or not, right? He gives it to us whether we deserve it or not. We don't have to earn our Heavenly Father's generosity, He's constantly just pouring it out on us. So when when we're ready to receive it, when we're that fertile ground, oh, the, the blessings, the fruit of that is going to be huge. But one of the things we want to 
take from that story, other than just preparing our hearts to receive the blessings God gives us, is we want to imitate our Heavenly Father. We want to imitate that father, the farmer. We want to imitate the farmer who just throws his seeds, his blessings everywhere, who doesn't measure the cost. When I talk to people about generosity, I I find a good test of generosity is to answer this question, are we willing to give away that which we value the most? So for some of us, that could be time, that could be money, right? But are we willing to give away whatever we value the most? Are we willing to just give that away? That's how we test and measure our generosity, right? Are we expecting to receive something in return? No, let's give without expecting a return, right? Let's just give everywhere. And sometimes it's going to look different and it'll regularly look different. The other day, my son, Josh, my oldest, 17, he had basketball practice, came home. He kind of missed our family dinner. And when he got home, I, I made a separate dinner for him. I made him a nice steak, mashed potatoes, sauteed green beans. And when he came in the house, gave him his plate of food, he sat down. I decided to sit with him and chat with him. So we're sitting and talking. And then Gideon, who's my, let's see, their ages change all the time, my six-year-old, he comes in and says, Dad, can you help me with my spelling words? Can you help me study? And I realized, you know, I actually don't feel like doing that right now. But I thought, what a better way to than to just give Gideon my undivided attention? I'm sitting there with Josh at the dining room table. Josh is eating. So, all right, Gideon, give me your spelling book. Let's go through this. So I start I start reading the words one by one. I think the, you know, there were 10 words all numbered. The first word in you know, and very, very proudly he spells in, I-N, in, right? We, we're going through all the words. We go through all 10 words. He does a pretty good job. Then he says, Daddy, I'm going to test you now. I said, okay. So he grabs his book and he looks at me and he goes, in. And I say, in, I-N, in. He goes, wait, I'm going to make it harder. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix them up. I said, okay. He starts looking down the page and he, he's about to say a word and then he stops and he smiles. He says, Number five, I said, and he starts laughing. I said, number five, you're not going to tell me the word. You're just telling me the number. Yeah, he's giggling. He's laughing. Josh is laughing at this point. And I'm thinking, I remember, I'm like, oh, wait, number five, into. I said, into, I-N-T-O, into. He goes, oh, dad, you're really good. He goes, I know. He flips pages to some older list of spelling words and says, you know, number two, I had no idea. I, I guessed. I forget what word I guessed at. And he's laughing. No, you're not even close. But it was it was just a great moment. We're all laughing and having fun. And that's like me giving my time and my undivided attention, even for just a, a few simple minutes, a few short minutes. It brought so much great joy and laughter and a moment of bonding with two of my boys, right? Just around the table there. Those are the ways that God wants us to give, right? In that moment, I didn't think I really did not feel like helping a first grader with their spelling words. I don't have the patience to help little kids learn how to read. I just, there's something about it that, oh man, God bless the people that do that because it takes, it takes a certain person. I don't have the patience for that. But in that moment, when Gideon comes and asks for help and attention, even though I didn't feel like doing it, I just felt this, a sense you should do it. 
and give them your full attention, just dive right into it. And it yielded fruit, right? I sowed some seed. It was probably pretty fertile ground right there uh, to create this moment, this memory of joy and fun with my two boys. With two of my boys, I should say. I've got three of them. But but as we enter this time of year, particularly in Advent, getting ready for the Lord, there's going to be other opportunities, other scripture verses, the gifts of the, the Magi, right? All these areas of giving and generosity that we're going to see unfold in front of us. And even the secular world, right? Just like in A Christmas Carol, they jump into this as well, right? All those stories about it's a joyous time. It's a time to think of others and give, and right? It's it's just, it's some of those, those secular sentiments that are actually of pretty good value. But what is the, what is the center of it? The center of it is the Lord is sending us, right? Christmas reminds us that God sent us his only son to become a man to then die for our sins, right? And everything kind of culminates at the end of Lent with the passion then, and then the resurrection. So, This is the beginning of it, right? This is the beginning of the Lord fulfilling his promise to us, right? A promise that's wrapped around just a loving, generous God. And this time of year, it creates opportunities for us to practice being generous. This is the most generous time of the year. What are you going to start giving? When are you going to start to give? What action will you take to try to become a more generous person? My encouragement, my challenge is start today. Pick your eyes off of what you don't have or what you're missing and start to look downfield. Look for those opportunities to be generous and then start and build up momentum so that this year going into next year, you can make next year the most generous year ever. I hope this was helpful. Thank you for joining me today. God bless. Thank you for listening to Catholic Money Talk. I hope you join us again next time. Please click subscribe in your podcast app to get notified of new episodes. God bless you and have a great day.